You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Falato on Football here on the Big Blue View Radio Network. I am the host of the show, Nicholas Falato, and we're still in this dead time. July 27th is only a few weeks away. We are counting down the days to training camp. It's going to be an exciting season, hopefully. For the New York football giants, but I wanted to do the defensive podcast on the all NFC East team that I assembled a week ago for Big Blue View. So we're going to dive into where I was thinking. I kind of disagree with myself already, even two weeks removed from writing this on some of these players because it is tightly contested. The NFC East, the division sucked last year. I don't believe it's going to suck again. I think there's a lot of talented players. Some were injured last season, specifically on the offense with guys like Tyron Smith and Lane Johnson. We discussed that on the last podcast, but there are also defensive players that it was hard to really kind of be strongly for them, specifically at linebacker and at edge, because there's a lot of talented edge guys in this division, and we're going to dive into that. But first, I want to start with the interior defensive line. Look, if we were breaking down last year, I think there's three giants that could be entertained for the three spots here, but there are also a couple Eagles, a couple Washington football team players, and the Dallas Cowboys not as much for the interior guys, but they certainly have an edge that was strongly considered for this list. So let's get into this. So my three defensive linemen was Leonard Williams, who would be my first selection, and then Fletcher Cox, who's getting a little bit longer in the tooth, but he's still a very talented player, and then Jonathan Allen. And I really debated Javon Hargrave. I really debated Deron Payne and Dexter Lawrence. And it's it's difficult to kind of really, like I said, select one of these guys, specifically with Deron Payne. Look, I watched two All-22 games of the Washington football team last season, the two games that he played against the New York Giants, and I don't know what it was, but he was just dominating the interior offensive line of the New York football Giants, specifically Nick Gates. He was dominating Will Hernandez, and he was just stacking and shedding these guys with such power in his hands, such great leverage, and just absolutely occupying the A-gap. So he's a player that I feel like could just continue to ascend. He had 37 pressures last year in six sacks, but he didn't make this list inevitably. I think Dexter Lawrence is somebody who could definitely, remember, I make these teams based on 2021. So I think Dexter Lawrence can take that step and easily be the a player who earns a spot on this list. But I ended up going with Fletcher Cox still. And Fletcher Cox, he's been one of the best interior defensive linemen in the league. 
He had 43 pressures last year, which was a pretty solid drop-off from the 60 that he had in 2019, but he played more snaps in 2019. He rushed the passer more in 2019, and yet he actually had four more sacks in 2020 than he did in 2019, but sacks, they can be fluky. But Fletcher Cox, similar to Brandon Graham, who's also on this list who we're going to go over, incredibly smart players, always in the right position. You could do so many different things with them. It's definitely not a player that if I was an interior offensive lineman, I would ever want to block one-on-one. And there's a lot of guys like that within the NFC East. So Fletcher Cox ended up getting this over Deron Payne, over Dexter Lawrence for the 2021 season. And like I said, I believe if I went with those other two, I would not be knocking myself because it's just a really, really tight race for this theoretical fake team that I conjured up consisting of all NFC East players. But Leonard Williams, he was my de facto one. And Leonard Williams, I mean, there's, there's a lot you could say about him because remember, Dave Gettleman controversially traded for Leonard Williams when he was entering a contract year, and he ended up parting ways with a third-round pick and a fourth or a fifth was contingent on the play that he was going to have for the franchise and if he was retained, which he inevitably was. So it's a fourth-round pick, and as a 27-year-old now, and he had a half a sack in the half season that he played with the Giants, which was the only half sack that he had that entire season because Greg Williams and the Jets were kind of mismanaging him. But watch Leonard Williams and Patrick Graham's scheme. You can align him anywhere. You can put him on the edge. You can put him at one technique. You can put him at the three technique in the tight front that they love to run to the weak side. He does that solidly as well. He, he's, he's really good against the run, but his go-to is just that length, that quickness, and that bend for a guy who's over 300 pounds. Guys just aren't built like Leonard Williams, and he's a 27-year-old, so he ends up getting paid now. He had 62 pressures last year and 11 and a half sacks. 62 is the highest number that he's ever had. I believe that can only grow if he stays healthy with Aziz Ojolari, Ellerson Smith, Ifidi Odenabo, getting a healthy Lorenzo Carter back, possibly a healthy O'Shane Zimenez. So I really think Leonard Williams can just continue to just stack great seasons on top of each other while rushing the passer, obviously, getting those pressures, finishing those sacks that are schemed up sometimes when they drop eight and they send three. He's excellent in the stunt and twist game because he can move so well laterally and bend as well for a guy of his weight and size, but he can also stop the run. So this is a complete defensive lineman. and He is my first pick. And then the other defensive lineman that made this was Jonathan Allen. And Jonathan Allen, like I said, it could have been Deron Payne, could have been Dexter Lawrence, could have been Javon Hargrave. But I went with Jonathan Allen. I mean, he's coming off of a 50 pressure season. He had 34 stops, which was actually three less than Deron Payne and one more than Dexter Lawrence. But what I like about Jonathan Allen is he's a bit more versatile than Deron Payne, and you can align him more on the outside if you would like to as a five technique, as a four technique. Deron Payne is a little bit more set to be that one technique, possibly two, two-eye shade type of player. So that is the reason why I ended up going with Jonathan Allen, but it was a tough choice to make because a lot of those defensive linemen are incredibly skilled and I really could have settled on any all six of them to be honest with Ron Payne, Javon Hargrave, Dexter Lawrence but I'm only selecting 15 guys here so let's move to the edge and two edges in particular automatically came to my mind and they both play for the same team and that is the Washington football team. Chase Young is an absolute study finished the year with 42 pressures and six sacks which isn't really indicative of 
what he can do. I mean, we saw it with the Giants. Jason Garrett was game planning to avoid Chase Young and not allow Chase Young to go up against Andrew Thomas and Matt Pear on an island. It's not what you want. This is a 22-year-old who's only going to get better within the defensive system that he plays in, playing opposite of Montez Sweat, who also has to be considered for this list and he made the list i mean through two seasons he has 81 pressures and 18 sacks according to pro football focus and again they don't count you know half sacks so take that for what it's worth but he's just built like the ideal edge rusher 97th percentile wingspan incredibly long arms can set a firm edge has the ability to rush the passer and string pass rush moves together that is a dynamic duo rushing the passer with Chase Young and Montez Sweat. So that was my one and my two, the first two guys that came to my mind. And then the third one, I ended up going with Brandon Graham. And I went with him because I do like the fact that the Eagles, and they did this a lot in 2017, and they actually ended up getting a sack doing this in 2017 when they kicked him inside to play three technique in passing situations. He ended up sacking Tom Brady, something that the Eagles and Jim Schwartz love to do. And he's 33 now, so I probably should have went with Demarcus Lawrence, to be honest, because their stats aren't too different, and Demarcus Lawrence is significantly younger. He's 29 years old. Demarcus Lawrence had 47 total pressures, even though nine of them were against the Giants in Week 5 when he was just owning Cameron Fleming and Andrew Thomas. And he ended up having seven sacks as well. But Brandon Graham, he had 56 pressures eight sack season he's just one of those consistent type of players who nobody really you know talks about all that much but somebody who I always every time I watch the all 22 of the Eagles and the Giants I come away saying damn that guy is just such a smart player he's never out of position and he had a slight decline in production because in 2019 he had the 68 pressures but he's still very very effective and I think he's a player that I always respected his game against the run. I love the way he rushes the passer, how smart he is on stunts and twists, and how he plays with excellent gap discipline. And whatever whatever assignment that he's assigned, he's never putting himself in a position where he's not going to execute his assignment. He's incredibly smart. But to overlook Demarcus Lawrence may have been a mistake on my part. And maybe it's the bias that I didn't want any Dallas Cowboy defenders after such a trash year that they had under Mike Nolan on this list. I don't think it's necessarily that. But then when I look at the linebackers and I didn't have a Dallas Cowboy linebacker on the list, I start to think, you know what, Nick? How objective were you here? (laughs) There were no Cowboys on this list. Demarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons probably should have made it or at least deserved heavy consideration in making this list over the guys like Brandon Graham and then Jamin Davis. Since we'll transition to the linebacker, Jamin Davis made this list. He wouldn't have been my first linebacker choice. That's obviously Blake Martinez, who is now 27 years old. And I feel like he's just an absolute stud that not a lot of people talk about. He's more of a downhill, read-react, attack type of linebacker, not someone who's going to excel dropping into man coverage or doing anything like that, which is the popularized version of linebackers in the modern NFL. But this is somebody, according to Pro Football Reference, who's had over 140 tackles in every year since his rookie season outside of his rookie season. That's absolutely insane. He's played for three separate defensive coordinators and Mike Pettin, Dom Capers, and now Patrick Graham. And we saw how good he was in Patrick Graham's system specifically when Graham would align in those tight fronts in those early rushing downs. 
And those tight fronts, I mean, it makes it hard for those deuce and ace blocks to climb to the linebackers, especially when the linebackers are so instinctive and they're so good at playing that cat and mouse game with the running back on those inside zone type runs where it's it's like Martinez just reads the intentions of the running back, puts himself into a position to make that running back second guess. And by that point, everything is just collapsing on the running back. We haven't seen as Giants fans and people who cover the Giants, a linebacker like Blake Martinez in quite a long time. It has been a really, really long time since somebody like Blake Martinez has kind of walked through those Giants doors. John Beeson, he was solid, but he was just injured way too often and just did not see enough of him on the football field. And then you have Antonio Pierce. And Blake Martinez came in, I mean, replaces Alec Ogletree, and it's night and day, the difference between Martinez and Alec Ogletree. It's incredible, and Martinez is the first linebacker that I wanted to choose for this list. I think Micah Parsons could have realistically made it over Jamin Davis, if I'm going to be honest. I mean, you still have guys like Leighton Vanderesh, didn't have his fifth-year option picked up, always injured. Jalen Smith is a good weak side type of linebacker who had a down year last year, Washington outside of Jermaine Davis, doesn't necessarily have anybody that you're going to consider. And then Philadelphia, I just feel like they always neglect the linebacker position, despite the fact that they spent a third round pick on it a couple of years ago, back in 2020. But to me, Blake Martinez, easy one. And then Micah Parsons, Jermaine Davis, that is a really, really solid discussion to have. What I'll say about Jimin Davis is he's just a unique, incredible athlete who's built like the modern-day linebacker you want to sh- close throwing windows and drop into coverage, has the man coverage ability, is maybe a bit raw. But when you look at Micah Parsons, you're like, well, you know what? Micah Parsons has a lot of those similar athletic characteristics. And the way I rationalized it in the article was Jimin Davis is a bit more stable as a personality, and I don't know. Micah Parsons, you know, I don't know him at all. It's just there were a lot of reports that his personality may be a little bit detrimental and he may need a handler, quote unquote. They're probably all, you know, BS. Well, maybe not all BS, but it's probably maybe some exaggeration there. But I ended up going with Jamin Davis, which, again, just like Demarcus Lawrence, ended up resulting in another Cowboy not making the list that could have made the list. And then no Cowboys on this list. So, you know, take that for what it is. But before we get into any more of this, go into the secondary, all that jazz. Let's take a quick break to hear a word from our sponsors. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. I think the linebacker position in the NFC East is in good hands right now with Micah Parsons and Jamin Davis, which sucks for the New York Giants because those second-level defenders who can drop into coverage and can be effective as blitzers, which I believe Davis and Micah Parsons both will be, it's going to be annoying 
for the Giants. It's going to be annoying for our protection package that consists of an elder statesman being Will Hernandez, who's like 25 years old. Could be some manipulation there going up against incredible athletes when it's schemed properly by guys like Dan Quinn and by guys like Jack Del Rio, solid defensive coordinators. And I mean, you can't get much worse than worse than what Mike Nolan was last year. So it's going to be annoying. Let's go on to the cornerbacks now, though, all right? My number one cornerback in this division, don't believe this is homerism. The secondary for the New York Giants is really, really solid. And James Bradbury has a realistic shot, I would say, to be considered as a top five cornerback in the National Football League last year. Now, he didn't run too many man coverage assignments. I mean, Patrick Graham was much more zone oriented, but you would see him on the backside of three by one sets lined up against true number one type of receivers in meg coverage, which is man everywhere he goes. And he did solid doing that. And then when they were in zone, the Giants would always roll their safeties towards the opposite side of where James Bradbury was entrusting James Bradbury with that coverage. So having that stable cornerback one is is very advantageous for defensive play callers because then you can roll your safety coverage and your other zone coverages towards a bigger liability, which the Giants had last year, but this year they don't. And I'm going to go into who the third cornerback was right now, since it's a New York Giant, and that is a Dory Jackson, okay? And there are a couple different corners you can go with here. So I've selected four corners. One's going to be a slot in the second boundary corner, who we'll get into in a little bit. But then we have a third guy who's a little bit more interchangeable, and that's a Dory Jackson, because a Dory Jackson can line up in the slot. He did that for the Tennessee Titans plenty of times, and he's also a boundary cornerback who has the hips and athletic ability to play man coverage, has shown discipline at the line of scrimmage and is solid at the catch point being physical and isn't a liability as a run defender despite the fact that he's a bit undersized now his issues have been due to injuries and things like that he came back last year got kind of torched by Devontae Adams in the snow up in Green Bay we can try to toss that season out okay we can but We need to see this young player be healthy in a system that I feel like can really unlock his skill set and with the coaches like Jerome Henderson, like Patrick Graham, that can really maximize what he can do. And he's only 25 years old right now. Like I considered William Jackson III, who's a longer cornerback, maybe not as scheme versatile, who was just signed by the Washington football team to make this list. He's a 28-year-old player, but I think a Dory Jackson could be in for a really special season under the tutelage of this specific coaching staff. And you know what? The coaching staff and the team think so as well because they invested a lot of money into him. So I brought a Dory Jackson in to be the second corner or the third cornerback of this group. The second cornerback is Darius Slay. Yeah, he's 30 years old, but I don't believe he's falling off all that much right now. I really don't. I think it was a bad year for Philadelphia, and now you're going to see him kind of restabilize or at least attempt to restabilize himself on this Philadelphia Eagles team that, you know what, there's not a lot of positive outlooks for Philly right now. But when you watch the film, you can still see that Slay has has a good skill set to back up his play right now. Now, it's not as I think dominant as it was when he was on the Detroit Lions and he was just manning up number one receivers, but I do believe it's still solid enough to be the number two cornerback that I would select from this division because 
it's kind of a drop-off after Darius Slay. I think Bradbury's a clear-cut one. Like, I thought Blake Martinez was a clear-cut uh, first linebacker, mainly due to experience, because you could make an argument that Micah Parsons actually is, or Jermaine Davis possibly is, because Micah Parsons is very, very unique as an athlete and as a football player, but they're rookies. So you can go with the experience, they've proven it, they're productive. Now, Bradbury is that as well. He really took a, the next step in Patrick Graham's system, which is something I really want to hit home. Both Blake Martinez, James Bradbury, Leonard Williams are veteran players who have played with multiple defensive coordinators, yet they have just unlocked their potential. They actualized what they can do on the football field. And let's not forget it. The reason why that's happening is because this coaching staff putting these players into the optimal positions. It's because of Patrick Graham. It's because of Joe Judge. That is a great thing to kind of recognize about this young coaching staff. And when Joe Judge got this team, what did he say? We want teachers. We don't want coaches. We want to teach these guys. And it seems like all three of those veteran players really took their game to the next level within Patrick Graham's system. They're feeding off of each other. There's a confidence there. And you can even group in Jabril Peppers into that group. So that's four veteran players there. That's an awesome realization to come to. Let's hope it kind of carries into 2021. But that's what James Bradbury did, man. He really just came into his own, and he was a solid, above-average player. A really solid number two, I think, is how I classified him coming out of Carolina, you know? That is a really solid number two cornerback. He might not be a number one, but under Patrick Graham and what he did last year, he certainly wasn't number one. I mean, he was always around the football. His click and close was great. His vision and his his understanding of route concepts, when to break, when to his spatial awareness, just all those things kind of all came together and forced a lot of turnovers, whether it was him knocking the ball up in the air for an interception for Darnay Holmes or Julian Love or whatever, or just him intercepting the ball by himself. He really came into his own in 2020 and he could build on that. Darius Slay, I think he's in a little bit a worse situation, if, if I do say so. I mean, we'll, we'll see what the defense does there for the Philadelphia Eagles. I'm not 100% certain how good that team is going to be under Nick Sirianni, but I still think he is that second corner. Went with the Dory Jackson at three, and then the slot for me, let's go down to Washington. Kendall Fuller, somebody who was traded away from Washington, went to the Chiefs, came back to Washington. He's 26 years old, and I feel like he's one of the more underrated players in the National Football League as a cornerback because he mans that slot. He's not that big, but he really kind of shuts down the slot and does a good job tackling guys after the catch. I mean, he's a solid tackling cornerback despite the fact that he has sub 200 pounds. And he's also somebody who just is a bit more proven than the Darnay Holmes of the world, a bit more proven than the slot. Maybe Jordan Lewis is somebody I, I thought of who can play outside. He can play in the slot. He's somebody I realistically thought of, Anthony Brown as well. And then Philadelphia, their slot situation is Kavon Seymour. And sometimes they put Avante Maddox there, but he's more so an outside guy. So when I was thinking about slot, I think Kendall Fuller was the easy player to choose. Hopefully Darnay Holmes or Aaron Robinson can kind of take their game to the next level level so they'll be considered for the list next year and then the safeties man and this is probably really homer but all three new york giants and if you look at the other three teams i don't really see any other safety that would even compete you got keanu neal who's like a safety linebacker hybrid for dallas coming over from dan quinn's team when he was the head coach of the falcons he's a solid player i think cameron curl would be the realistic probably next selection for the safeties, who was a rookie for Washington, who could drop down on the nickel and play overhang. He's a really, really solid player. 
But I went with Jabril Peppers, Logan Ryan, and Xavier McKinney. Look, I think Jabril Peppers really kind of came into his own last year under Patrick Ram, similar to Blake Martinez, Leonard Williams, and James Bradbury. I think he's very, very versatile. You can line him up in the box. He's not going to be a liability against the run, against teams who want to get a little heavier. He's a little bit more versatile. He can drop into covered, man up on tight ends. He can take deep half responsibilities. I mean, I don't think he's really tailor-made for the center field roving type of responsibility that might be a little bit more Xavier McKinney might be a little bit more Julian Love but what Jabril can offer you in terms of run support man coverage and understanding how to play zone coverage and have that spatial awareness to understand how to zone match and pass guys off it's something that he I feel like struggled with a little bit with James Betcher but did a better job with this season I think he really came into his own so he was an easy selection Logan Ryan his leadership and experience and ability to get everybody set up pre to post snap while also being an excellent robber and trap type coverages with Patrick Graham made him an easy selection and then Xavier McKinney somebody we hardly saw last year who I think could be primed similar to Dexter Lawrence to a breakout season this year with Patrick Graham, somebody who can drop into those deep center field responsibilities and cover one type of coverages, middle of the field close type coverages. He'll be fine in the deep half and middle of the field open type coverages, split safety looks. And I think you can bring him down, have him play overhang against big slots and tight ends while he's also probably not going to hurt you as a run defender because he comes from Nick Saban's system. It's a complex defense. He flies in with reckless abandon, takes good angles to the football and makes solid tackles. And I think I would take him over Cameron Curl or Keanu Neal. So all three of these safeties end up coming from the New York football giants. And I don't think that's me even being a homer. I think that's just being objective. But hey, tell me if I'm wrong. That's 100% fine too. And this is a list of 15 NFC East players there are seven giants on it and i get it but the giants defense is solid so is washington washington's defense is very very solid specifically that front and like i said i think deron Payne could have made this but you know those edge rushers are insane there were no edge rushers for the giants that even were considered for this list if we're going to be honest and if we want to look at totals now of nfc east teams on offense and defense out of 30 guys giants had 11 and a lot of them come on the defensive side. And uh, there are a couple that I would might change, like the Nick Gates one from last week. I'd probably put Chase Rouye in there. The football team, they had eight. And, I mean, it's hard to argue against a lot of the eight other than maybe Jamin Davis, I would say, is somebody that probably could get booted off the list in favor of Micah Parsons. And then the Eagles had six and the Cowboys had five, all being on the offense. And that's the NFC East podcast, everybody. I hope you guys enjoyed this. Please rate, subscribe, and review all of our podcasts here at Big Blue View. We're constantly putting out content on our website. Check it out. Head to the comments. Comment on it. Tell us how if you love it. Tell us if you hate it. You know, And hopefully, just have a good day as well. This is Nick Filato signing off of Filato on Football. Take care of yourselves, ladies and gentlemen.